Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar football unbeaten at home for the first time in seven years. Why Saturday's win was unlike any other this year. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on Bronson Kafusi's next level jump and Tanner Mangum's locker room snafu. The perfect word for that. Plus, helmet stickers, why BYU is literally number one. And we go live with BYU football after practice. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are back to work on a Monday live in Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, November 23rd on BYU Sports Nation, wherever and however you're dialing. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who I like to call Mad Dog, Jerem Jordan. Now that's Mark Madsen. I couldn't possibly rap as poorly as him. (laughs) I think you've proven otherwise on this show. I don't ever attempt to rap. No, thank you. Fun story. Met Nick Kurtz's father uh, the night after he caught two touchdowns. I'm trying to remember which game that was. Was Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Okay. Cincinnati. Who got, who got whooped on by South Florida, by the way? He talked to me about the elite conversation with oh, Mitch boy. Matthews and the receivers, and he said, no, 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 you don't understand. Mitch Matthews' real nickname is Mad Dog Matthews. Mad Dog Matthews. And he said, huh? make sure you get that out there. And I promised Mad him dog. that I would, and then I forgot, and I saw him again on Saturday, and he's like, I'm still waiting. He's like, I was in the Marine for, Marines for 20 years. I take a man for his word, so you need to put that out there. Yeah. It's out there. Mad Dog you just Matthews. Did. Mad Dog Matthews. I don't think that's going to catch on, though. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm, think, I'm just not feeling it. I'm, you, not di- I'm not digging it right now. I'm, I just had to fulfill my obligation right yes, there. Yes. Secondly, look how good the flag looks in studio. Our radio listeners are like, I can't. It, this is on the radio. We will take a picture and tweet <laughs> it out for all of you. A shout out on Twitter to at P underscore Norton. For picking up the flag and ironing it. It became a thing. Like 20 people tweeted in like, please iron the flag. It's driving me crazy. Now, hold on. Is this a slippery slope? Someone has a problem with something on the set. They just tweet at you, and then all of a sudden they get access to that thing. Well, it depends on the person. Are we just going to allow Tyler? Oh, wait. Tyler, our shoes are gone. Are we just going to allow this awesome track hat to be taken (laughs) and maybe cleaned if someone has a problem with it? I think we need to be careful here. The Matruska, the tennis ball, the soccer ball. Listen, the higher-ups Nate Austin shoes. The, the, the higher-ups higher met, met and declared that it was an appropriate thing that the flag be ironed. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so the just, council will convene I think we need to, to determine these things. What precedents we're setting on this program. <laughs> hey, shout I, out. I do appreciate what P. Norton did. Yes, shout I, out yeah, to, to yeah. P. Norton. Also, BYU football wins by more points than basketball did against Adams State. That was our topic on Friday. By one point. Which team would wow. win by more? The majority said, oh, it's going to be basketball. It's Adam State. Football won by more. How about that? And I love it. Hashtag Nate Carter. Yes. Well, hashtag Trevor Sampson, actually. Hashtag Remington Peck. It would have been two. Trevor did miss PAT. Whatever. He won by 42. Tanner Mangum had a viral moment in that game. Had nothing to do with his play on the field. (laughs) (laughs) He disappeared for a while. And then he Paul pierced it back onto the field. (laughs) It's like, where's, where's... Tyler, and then, well, Tanner Mangum went into the locker room. Tyler Magnum emerged ah, yes. and played the last two seconds. The guy who threw the pick six yes. against San Jose yes. State. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that guy, guy came out to run the last Man, play. That, that guy stinks. Tyler Magnum, <laughs> that guy stinks. Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Football now 8-3 and three after a 52-10 senior day win against Fresno State. Bronson Kafusi was a beast. Had a team high five tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks. 
a blocked kick and should have had a forced fumble. Still think that was the wrong call. BYU at Utah State this Saturday to close out the regular season. He doesn't have a nickname. I think The Beast is appropriate. Bronson Kafusi, the beast. the beast, like from X Men. You know what I'm saying? Love it. Men's basketball is two and one after beating Adams State, ninety-seven fifty-six on Friday night. Nick Emery scored a career-high twenty points with six assists and three steals. I tweeted this out Friday. Seventy games quicker than his brother Jackson to get to twenty points. That a boy, Nick. Different players, I know. That's coming up at the Emory dinner table at some point. Twelfth-ranked BYU women's volleyball beat San Francisco in a three-set route led by Alexa Gray's nineteen kills. Nineteen sounds like yeah. It's in three Because sets, she's so. so good. The Cougars clinched a share of the West Coast Conference title. They're going to win it outright. And the league's automatic NCAA tournament berth. Let's see if the NCAA messes up again this year and doesn't seed the Cougars. Well, a couple years ago, they won the conference, had to go to Hawaii, and still won there. Went they to went Sweet to the 16. Sweet 16. Yeah. When will they learn? In volleyball, by the way, she had 19, but that's 6 and a third, 6.3 per set, which is nuts. Men and women's cross country finished the season at National Saturday. The men finished 12th, which was a disappointing finish for them. They were hoping to finish higher. Still, 12th. That's good. And the women finished 24th. Congrats to both of them. Fantastic seasons for both of those teams. And on that note, we rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Undefeated at home. Grateful that this particular senior class uh, played well enough and led well enough to have us uh, be undefeated at home, which is um, uh, really important to almost any very, very good program. And so uh, I'm pleased for their accomplishment, and it's a great memory for them. BYU football joins 12th-ranked BYU women's volleyball and 13th-ranked BYU women's soccer as teams that all went undefeated at home this fall. How about that? And that's uh, th- that's still good. Uh, I guess swim and dive lost a uh, meet at home or something. That's like the only loss among cross-country and basketball as well added to that. Incredible. Not sure that's ever happened. Football capping it off with a 52-10 to Blowout win over Fresno State to end the season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium with a 6-0 record. First time since 2008. It's been that long. And B- they did it with style points. Now, BYU didn't play any Power Fives this year uh, at home, so the schedule wasn't maybe as tough as it has been. But to win all those games is significant because you're gonna, you get to a bowl game and then, hey, on the road, if you can go 3-3, three and 4-2, three, and two, that gives you 9-10 wins. That, if you can win 5 or 6 at home every year. That's going to be fantastic. You want to win every game, but you're going to be always about to play UCLA and Mississippi State and Toledo next year at home. That's uh, uh, that's more of a challenge. BYU, and I said this on Friday, I would like to see on the ticker as I'm watching college football late on Saturday night, BYU winning by like 45 to 10. I said 56 to 10. They win 52 close. to 10. That was pretty close. And it looked fantastic, just like I thought it would on that ticker on ESPN. 42-point win is a season high against an FBS opponent. The previous was a 17-point victory against UConn. Who beat Houston over the weekend, who was 10-0, and by the way. Tom Herman, $3 bucks gets you a loss to UConn. BYU getting votes again in both polls, probably because they blew out Fresno State. They're 8-3, and feeling good going to Logan against Utah State. But before we spin it forward, we want to know what you think about Saturday's game against the Bulldogs. That brings us to our Twitter question. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's win over Fresno State? Use the hashtag BYUSN at EverydayJess. Mangum to MLP, Moroni Lalu Pututel, is a thing I look forward to seeing more. MLP had 95 yards receiving on Saturday. It should be mentioned that uh, BYU Sports Nation tweeted about MLP. I did too. And I saw that Twitter injected the following. Want to see more tweets about My Little Pony? 
MLP. I was like, what? Oh, that's My Little Pony? So we got to be careful with MLP, <laughs> right? Moroni Lalu Putu Town is not really known him, as MLP. Maybe naturally. we should just call him Moroni LP. Mor- yeah. <laughs> Moroni LP? We got we to do something D- with Captain DJ Moroni, Moroni point, LP. Right? D- yeah. <laughs> Wild Styles. Is that like a, your DJ nickname? What is that? Oh, my goodness. Is that your real name? So aside from winning by 42, which was awesome, and something that BYU was yet to do against a Division One opponent this year, the defense for BYU on Saturday dominated this game. How about game. that? Two interceptions, a pick six, four sacks, a blocked field goal, a blocked punt. And that blocked punt, thank you, Scott Morgan and the Exmo Cam on BYU TV for being able to review that and overturn that call for roughing the punter. Let's explain something here. Not everyone has a slow motion camera. I mean, ESPN has a lot of them and whatnot. But when they come to Provo, they don't bring a slow motion camera. This was a BYU TV game. And that angle was perfect, and the shot was perfect, and because of it, BYU maintained possession uh, on, that, on that particular play. Technology in BYU TV gave BYU a first down. Boom. Was it us? No, it was really, it was really uh, Michael Shelton with the blocked kick, but there are advantages to having a slow-motion camera in your own network. Tom Holmo said... That play, that camera, that moment deserves a Y award this spring. <laughs> oh, give it now. It hey, BYU Sports Nation camera operator of the year. This is official. Goes to Scott Morgan we have a y of BYU award right TV. Here. We you now go. award the 2014 Y award <laughs> for camera <laughs> operator of the year to Scott Morgan. He's, he's really good. And there's a lot of people on our crew that you don't know and you'll never know their name. And they do their jobs really well. But that was a cool moment that, be, that the technology could help that way. Bronson Kafusi leading that defensive charge with five tackles, four of them for a loss of yardage, three sacks, one blocked kick, and should have had a forced fumble. He's made the jump, man, the last two weeks. The reason that this week is so awesome is because last week he did it against an SEC team. If that had happened just against Fresno State, you'd say, yeah, Bronson's really good. But people would say, well, it's against a bad Mountain West team, you know, like – you expect him to have a good game. Maybe not like that. But he had a great game against an SEC team and that. And the BYU defense the last four weeks has allowed 20 points or less in those games. I think that the defense has taken a step forward. Bronson has gotten better every game. It seems like his progress. Like he, Cincinnati was a great game. Yes. What, three sacks or yes. something? Uh, then just a couple games later, Missouri, Fresno State. He's become a, a wrecking ball. Then there were these random moments in Saturday's game. Some of them funny. Some of them involved booing. We'll start with Remington Peck. Bronco loves being booed at home, by the way. Oh, he, no, he, he no. doesn't hold on to that for a long time at all. A reverse to the tight end who then throws a dime to Taryn Houck. What a pass. Said no one ever until Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> it was the perfect throw. It was the perfect throw. It really was. There's an amazing backstory to this. Robert and I, if you haven't heard this, gave the inside receivers one chance to draw up a play and said he would, you know what, let's just let Remington Peck tell the story. Yeah, be quiet. He said, you you inside receivers have one chance to come up with a trick play. And he's like, and I'll promise you I'll run it on senior night. So uh, Taryn and I kind of drew it up, and we practiced it every day during the week. And we didn't believe he'd call it, um, but he said, he said, I promise you I'll call it. 
He Eminem'd that. One chance, one opportunity. And he made it happen in the back of the end zone. I love it. Robert and I, sometimes it's perceived as being old school, kind of stiff, right? Now, right? That was a great moment where he says, it's senior day, a couple of seniors, drop a play, I promise you I'll call it. I love that. You know why else you should love Robert and I? Because he has absolutely turned around BYU's really it was it was a bad offense in the red zone a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. And now listen to this. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is ranked first nationally in red zone scoring offense, 95.3%. What that means is you get into the red zone and then you score three or seven. 41 out of 43 opportunities this year. Really good. A blocked field goal uh, earlier in the year and then... Uh, no, two, and then another missed field goal. I think it's just two missed field goals. 41 out of 43, better than any other team in the country, better than Navy. I like being number one in positive stats. I don't yes. even care what it is. And that's a good one it, because it has to do with scoring. I would like to be number one in TD percentage in the red zone. More than that, but that's good. Better than Washington State, Oklahoma State, Memphis. I mean, good offensive teams. Yeah, I gave Robert and I a compliment, but I do have to mention this. Not getting, not targeting Devon Blackman more than once in the red zone. I have an, <laughs> I have an issue with that. Why not? <laughs> Why not? He has the second most catches of any player in BYU history without a touchdown and catch. And fans boot, like legitimately boot. He, he, they <laughs> threw Devon Blackman a pass inside the red zone. He took it down to the five-yard line and then left the field. And I think the 40,000 fans that were left in the stadium at that point because it was out of hand started to boo. Okay, now, now story there. Tanner Mangum did say in the postgame that uh, Devon was the primary target on several plays in the red zone. So I think that Robert and I was trying to get him the ball. But when you win by 42, you can force it in there once. Come on, try and force it in there. But our red zone stat wouldn't be, we wouldn't be number one. Who cares? <laughs> I want Devon Blackman to yes. get a touchdown. Get that two man more games a touchdown. Left. Two more games. Conversation left. happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What's your biggest takeaway at JV Fiso? Says we have some great players who will be ready to step up next year. Hashtag bright future. Up next. An immediate bright future with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. What was his number one takeaway from the game? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio. You can watch us on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation if you don't already and use the hashtag BYUSN. Tuesdays are normally super Tuesdays, right? It's even more superer. On this Tuesday, because there's BYUSN's rebroadcast at 6, Inside BYU Football, last week edition at 7, new, brand new edition at 7.30, 8 Eastern after further review with Brian David and the guys. And then at 9 Eastern, women's volleyball goes for the outright West Coast Conference Championship against Pepperdine. Check it out tomorrow night, 6 to roughly 11 Eastern time, all sports, baby. It is the superer, superest, superest. super Tuesday ever, right? Ever. Have we have we made that clear? Our Twitter question today, what is your biggest takeaway from BYU football's win against Fresno State at Mo underscore Finn says, my biggest takeaway was that I never want to go back to the Mountain West Conference. With, <laughs> with division champs like Air Force and San Diego oh, State. Oh, hashtag yikes. What happened to Boise State, man? Joining BYU Sports Nation on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, as he always does on Maddich Mondays, is ESPN college football expert, analyst, insider Trevor Maddich. Trevor, what a weekend in college football. Nine different ranked teams lost. How would you sum up the madness of the sport over the weekend? Chaos is beautiful. 
That's how I do it. I mean, you can just take a look at the, the biggest upset of the week is Ohio State losing at home to Michigan State, and it's bad for Buckeye fans. But it threw the, the playoff and the Big Ten completely onto its ear and opened up a lot of possibilities for other teams. I mean, Notre Dame now, the Big the Big 12 champion, the, the Pac-12 champion, if they if Stanford wins with the two, loss, uh, two losses, now all of a sudden have hope, whereas they might not have before. And so the chaos, while it's ugly for the teams that lose, is a beautiful thing because of all the wonderful possibilities that it opens up and all the great arguments that we can have about those possibilities. If Notre Dame beats Stanford this week, will two Power Five conferences be left out of the playoff, in your opinion? That is very possible. Uh, it is very possible because Notre Dame, if it beats Stanford, will finish the season with one loss at Clemson. Clemson is the, the team that the committee has said all season since they've started their rankings anyway for the last several weeks is the best team in the country. And Notre Dame went out there with the freshman quarterback making his first road start in a monsoon and lost to Clemson by two points. That's their only loss. And if they're able to beat a Stanford team that has a lot of talent and a Heisman candidate in their running back, Christian McCaffrey, then I think the, the committee will have every excuse to give them the benefit of the doubt to get them in. And that would mean that two Power Five conference champions would be out uh, of it. Now, you can see the Pac-12 being out because if Stanford had two losses, okay, you can kind of see that. But if a, one loss, if a one-loss Big Ten, a Big 12 champion is out, there's even more chaos that will happen now because that will be left out for two years in a row. Dial up Tom Homo. <laughs> <laughs> BYU to the rescue. Trevor, are weekends like this last weekend with the nine-ranked teams and all of that chaos good for college football or does it set the sport back? No, it's good for college football. It's very good. And, you know, even even when it, it's, again, it's ugly for some of the individual teams. Look at the SEC. There was chaos there, even though, you know, it wasn't always among ranked teams. Florida has already clinched the, the SEC East title. They'll be playing for the conference championship. But they were taken to the map by one of the worst teams in the FBS, Florida Atlantic. And that was, that was not good for the SEC, but it was great for a conversation piece. South Carolina lost, I believe, to the Citadel. And that's bad for South Carolina and the SEC, but it's great for the Citadel. It's great for college football, for the little guy to rise up like that. And when the ranked teams, the top ten teams, the playoff contenders, when they lose, it takes it to a whole other level. Because college football is based on, on emotion that's tied to tradition and to a, a deep passion for their team that's unlike anything else in any other sport that I've seen. And when that emotion can ride the roller coaster late in the season, then it's good for college football because the emotional connection is cemented even more, the attention is cemented even more, and the desperation for the final weeks of the season based on what you need your team to do and what you need to happen to other teams around the country becomes all the more massive in your mind. And it's that emotional connection that makes this kind of chaos so good for the sport. Yeah, it's fun. This is essentially the round of 32 next week, the round of 16, if you will, and then uh, sorry, 16-8, and then uh, the college football playoff. It'll be great. BYU played its uh, last home game on Saturday, a big win over Fresno State. BYU hoped to win big, but what was your biggest takeaway from the game? My biggest takeaway was how hard they fought instead of playing down to the level of the opponent. Fresno State's not very good, but BYU didn't do just enough to beat Fresno State. They went out there and dominated Fresno State. They played their game, and I think that's a, that's a, 
uh, a testament to the maturity of the program and to the way the players respond to how they're being coached. Because the players know the Fres- that Fresno State wasn't very good coming in. And yet they still prepared in a way that allowed them to play the way they played. And that's players that are highly coachable. And that's one of the hallmarks of BYU's program. The defense, I mean, just dominated on Saturday against Fresno State with the five sacks, two interceptions, a pick six, led by Bronson Kafusi. When you look at Bronson, what do you think about what he has done individually over the last two weeks? You know, he's he's just been a joy to watch. I mean, BYU fans have two more games to see him in a BYU uniform, you know, Utah State and then the bowl game. And he's one of the greatest defenders ever to play for BYU. I mean, BYU fans have been spoiled in recent years by people like Kyle Van Noy and Ziggy Ansah. And it just seems like Bronson Kafusi is just another great defender that rolls in there. But the truth of it is, it's kind of unprecedented to have this many awesome defensive players light up college football right there with that Y on their helmet. And the, the, the fact that he's able to get in there and just dominate, not just with his physical size, I mean, he's, he's a massive guy, but also to dominate with his technique. He's very nimble. He's very precise with the craft of the game and the, the techniques of pass rushing, I think are what elevate him above, above other players that are just physically dominant. When you look at BYU's receivers, too, and those group of uh, four uh, senior receivers, how have they performed this season, and what have they meant to this team, in your opinion, Trevor? You know, they've been, they've been critical, and I'm, I'm very proud of the way they've played. I mean, there have been times that they've had to carry the offense. The injury to Taysom Hill in the opener meant that a true freshman that was just a couple of months off of his mission in Tanner Mangum had to play quarterback. An offensive line that has a lot of young guys on it that had to shuffle guys in and out because of injury and suspension, etc. Struggled. Running back. You know, starting running back isn't playing this year. The guy they expected to start. uh, You know, and so you've had to shuffle in other guys at running back. And the receivers have been the the bedrock. And it's kind of weird to call receivers the, the, the foundation stone of an offense. But those seniors, those experienced guys, did what we talked about all season long, which is beast the ball. I mean, their experience is such that they've been able to understand what it's like to get hit, what it's like to go over the middle, uh, what it's like to, to fight for a football, not just wait for it to arrive where you are. And I think that experience means they're not afraid to do any of those things. And the fact that they did those things and carried this team at times when other parts of the offense wasn't functioning or weren't functioning at, at the level that, that you would hope they would function, the receivers were still able to beast the ball. They were still able to keep the team even with the chains and to make the big plays, not just at the end of games, but also during games to keep them in range at the end of some of the closer games. And, and those receivers, I think, are another group that BYU fans should, be, uh, should really enjoy over the last couple of games because when you've got guys like Mitch Matthews, Devin Blackman, Taryn Houck, you know, guys that, that as a group, It'll be you know you may not see a bunch of seniors like that for a long time at that position. Uh, they 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 have been as integral a part of the success of this team this year as any other position group. BYU national champion, ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich with us on a Maddich Monday. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU finishes the season six and zero at home. They now hit Logan, Utah, with a chance to get to nine and three this season, which by all means would be a fantastic season given everything. That has happened to the Cougars, but the Aggies are undefeated at home. What do you think about BYU's matchup with Utah State the final week of the regular season? 
well, this is a losable game. Utah State could rise up and beat BYU like they did last year in Provo and knock Taysom Hill out for the season. I mean, BYU, I, I would imagine the players want to absolutely obliterate Utah State here. And going into the game with that much emotion would be a mistake. The week of practice is where they need that kind of emotion to really focus in and practice like this is the, the, the Rose Bowl, the Super Bowl, the college football playoff. But when you get to the game, in a rivalry game like this, too often you, you play with such emotion that your technique suffers. And to win a game like this, you've got to focus in on the next play as the universe, that this play is the universe. And then play that play the correct way with emotion behind it, and it'll be there. But let Utah State be the team that plays with too much emotion, gets a little sloppy, and just tries to beat up BYU on the field while BYU is more precise and beats them up on the scoreboard. So a rivalry game uh, for BYU, and I like it. If you can't play Utah this week, might as well play Utah State uh, in the final week of the regular season. They're, they're a bunch uh, in college football. What's one, one or two of them uh, this coming weekend that you love? I love Ohio State-Michigan. Because it, it's turned out to be a little different from what we expected. I mean, it was going to be an Ohio State coronation into the playoff, and all of a sudden they lost to Michigan State on Saturday. And they're still alive for the Big Ten East Championship, as is Michigan, depending on what, what Michigan State does in the final game against Penn State. But all of a sudden now, you've got a Michigan team that's wired tight and feeling good about themselves, facing an Ohio State team that all of a sudden is, looks like it's starting to fall apart. I mean, not only did they lose to Michigan State at home on senior day, but Ezekiel Elliott, their running back, called out the coaches for what he considered poor play calling. Their backup quarterback, Cardale Jones, tweeted out that he's leaving, he's not going to come back next year, and this is the week of their biggest rival with the division championship still in play. And that kind of chaos within the program makes this game really, really interesting because Michigan has no such chaos. All they want to do is wipe the floor uh, with Ohio State. And the thing is, if Ohio State doesn't focus in, Michigan can do it because for all the talent the Buckeyes have, they have never put it together this year. And this game seems like they're, they're set up for their most dangerous outing yet. A man who always brings us a fantastic interview and a man who in his day could rival Remington Peck's throwing ability, Trevor Maddich, <laughs> with the Sun Sports Nation. Oh, hey. I think Joe, Joe Montana ought to, ought to ask for Remington Peck's autograph. That was a fantastic <laughs> throw. <laughs> Trevor, thanks for the time. All right, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. One of the best defenders to ever play at BYU Trevor Maddich says of Bronson Kafusi. There's something about lasting impressions, right? At the end of Bronson Kafusi's career at BYU, he's making a huge impact in games against a, a good, you know, Missouri team. That offense isn't good, but he wrecked that up. Those are SEC players, and then uh, a week later, so hopefully Bronson Kafusi can keep it going. And and Trevor's right with Utah State. We'll break it down later this week, and we'll talk to head coach Matt Wells of Utah State as well. Is this is a sneaky game because Utah State's six and five. They've been banged up. They just got bowl eligible by coming back to beat Nevada. Chucky Keaton, is he going to play? Or is it Kent Myers who had a shoulder injury on Saturday? Which, quite honestly, I'm glad they got bowl eligible because that desperation no. factor is taken out of the game against BYU. Well, I, BYU shut out Cal out of a bowl game. It would have been fun to try and shut out Utah State. That would have been another thing. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that but point. They, but they got it. I'll give Our you that. Our producer goes, ha ha. Utah State. Up next, helmet stickers <laughs> awarded. Who gets your nod this week? This is BYU Sports Nation. What's our bet with Ben this week?
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, Women's Hoops is on BYU TV in early uh, tip-off time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. Mountain. So Spencer Linton's not going to be on the show tomorrow. He's going to be at the Marriott Center prepping. Uh, so we'll be live with BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern. Then right after that, Women's Hoops. Versus Utah State on BYU TV and Let's BYU tip Radio. off this rivalry week, baby. Yes. Aggies and BYU women's hoops needs a win. They just came off a, a tough road swing against good teams in uh, Oklahoma, certainly a ranked team. And then Colorado State lost by six. Maybe we should put out a poll question now, Jerem. Hmm. Do you like the moniker Elite, Elite Matthews, or Mad Dog Matthews better? I bring this up uh, because, you know my answer. because Scott Kurtz has tweeted in now and said, Mad Dog. And Mitch okay. Matthews responded. And Mitch ha, responded ha, with, ha ha. Okay. What's the response? So there, there are some more <laughs> stories there. Do you like Mad Dog Matthews better? I like very good Matthews. How about that? <laughs> Can I use that for my nickname for Mitch? Oh. The 503? I met I met Lisa Matthews, his mother, on Saturday night too, and she said, "Thank you, Spencer, for the for the elite conversation. It's been fun all year." <laughs> we haven't really chatted this year much about it. If you, he's put a, he's had it. Yards have been down, uh, but touchdowns, touchdowns have been high. Up, yeah, up. He's yeah. already surpassed last year. But year's that's touchdown not what total. we're doing right now. We're not discussing okay, elite fine. or not. I'm just saying it could be because there's no conversation. We got to bring it out when we put it out there. He's on very Twitter, good. And he's Nick Kurtz's dad responds. <laughs> Boom! There you go. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Football now eight and three after a forty-two point victory on Senior mm. Day against Fresno State. Bronson Kafusi continues to race his NFL draft stock. Five tackles, four for a loss, three sacks, blocked kick. BYU at Utah State this Saturday. He made himself more money. Not not Saturday. That would be a violation. Later in the draft. Literal dollar bills. Dollar bills. Literal dollar bills. Hillary is the happiest about that. Men's Hoops is 2-1 after beating Adam State 97-56. Nick Emery scored 20 points, had six assists and three steals. He was awesome. 12th-ranked BYU women's volleyball beat San Francisco in three sets, led by Alexa Gray's 19 kills. The Cougars clinched at least a share of the West Coast Conference title, but they earned the auto bid from the conference because they win the tiebreaker, regardless of what happens, over San Diego. And men and women's cross-country finished the season at National Saturday in Louisville, Kentucky. The men finished 12th, the women finished 24th. Who deserves your helmet sticker this week after Saturday's performance? Jeremy, you're up first. Who gets your helmet sticker? Easily Bronson Kafusi, as you mentioned, a team high. Five tackles, had four tackles for loss, three sacks, a blocked kick, and a partridge in a pear tree. He was fantastic against Fresno State. For a second straight week, Jerem goes with Bronson Kafusi. And for a second straight Durr. week, I am going with Remington Peck. Mm, Remington's Pecks. As Jerem calls him. Remington Peck threw a touchdown pass, had one chance, one shot, drew up a play. One shot, one opportunity. He M&M'd it and found Taron Houck. I mean, just that ball, Tanner Mangum said he threw that pass better than I could have thrown it. (laughs) He might have actually done that. Listen, in this moment, the footwork's never really good. All of a sudden, Remington Peck stops and throws a dime to the back corner. Like, if you put the the drill that we see all the time in practice – the fade to the back of the end zone. You put the trash can back there. You try to throw it in there. Remington Peck was fantastic. 
This guy was a D lineman. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he became a tight end. All of a sudden, he's throwing a pass and he throws the perfect pass. He's got one shot and he made it happen. He Jergens did after he threw the touchdown he did, pass. Well, too. not exactly star man. You kind of got to get your arms out a little more. And he <laughs> went legs. more straight up, like like touchdown. <laughs> star man is different. Than Teach that. me how to Jergens. Yeah, BYU, not the home of celebrations, right? Oh. Which we were hoping Devon Blackman would like jump into the stands. Think about the iconic moments from this season, though. We all know what the greatest play this season's. I mean, I think depending on what happens so against Utah the State, the bowl is, game, what's the second greatest? What's the play? second what greatest really play is. within BYU football in 2015? And like we had another one of those moments on Saturday with Remington Peck to Taron Houck. Yeah. Oh, top ten nominee for play of the year. I love it. Remington Peck will join us in just a few minutes Remington's after football Pecks. practice on BYU Sports Nation. And while we have a moment, we should update what the actual quarterback has done in his oh, that guy? pursuit of Jake Heaps. On his way to breaking BYU freshman passing records, Tanner Mangum is chasing Heaps. Has he not chased down Heaps in all categories now? Not, not quite. He's okay. close. He's Almost close. there. Greatest freshman quarterback ever? Yes, already. He's done that. Because so many have played here. (laughs) (laughs) He's had more games played than any freshman Hey, listen, this is the countdown you didn't know you needed but can't get enough of. So he's only really chasing down uh, his heapsness in passing attempts, 23. He has everything else. That's going to happen against Utah State. He got completions and wins on Saturday. So Tanner is plus two in touchdowns, plus seven in completions, Already 462 more passing yards and more, and most importantly, I should say, Jerem, plus one in wins. Yes. A man who might take Tanner Mangum's job next week at Utah State after the throw he gave to Taron Houck on that trick play. Remington Peck joins us on BYU Sports Nation. Remington, welcome to the show once again. Thanks, guys. What's going on? Listen, man. First, let me say this. You're on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, and we pr- appreciate what they do to sponsor BYU Sports Nation. But my goodness, my friend, did you ever imagine that that play would develop and go the way that it did on Saturday? <laughs> no, man. When Coach and I uh, told us to come up with a play, we did, and, and, he, and he promised that he, that he would call it. And I, to be honest, I never believed him that he really would. And so when he did, I was like, man, please let it work. And uh, I was surprised it worked, but I'm glad it did. In that moment when the play call comes in, are you nervous? Are you excited? Uh, I think I was a little bit of both, right? I was like, man, I wish my arm was a little warm. Um, but, no, it, uh, it worked out good. Most of all, just exciting um, to have a play like that on senior night, you know? I don't think that you should have any concerns about whether your arm was warm or not. Because no one's arms were warm. I think that pass is about as good as any elite quarterback can throw it. <laughs> All I know is if I don't get a rep or two at QB this tonight at practice, I might have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see your passer rating? Was on the money. Yes. Did you see your passer rating, that number? Yeah, I did. Someone told me about it. 556. That's, hey, I'll take it. That's pretty good. Uh, Tanner Mangum's was got, 150, I, just for a reference. I, I got on the phone with Coach Beck after, I, after that play worked, and I said, if you need a backup QB, you know who to come to. So Okay. Okay. Wh- we'll see. Was Taron uh, was Taron Houck supposed to be more open than that? Because you threw he was open, but I imagine in a trick player hoping he's really open, right? Yeah, I think I think uh, we expected him to be, especially down the goal line. They're kind of mostly cover zero, so it's supposed to be man on man, and uh, 
they didn't bite as good as we thought they would, um, but he made a good move and, and got open, and so it worked out. That made the play all the more better, though, because then the window is small. Like, you will never forget that play, ever. Your posterity will revel in that play, Remington. Oh, man, I know. I've uh, I've played for five years, and I haven't got as many phone calls as I have over <laughs> one weekend. <laughs> When you, when you look at uh, your season so far, it's been interesting because you're a defensive lineman, you're a tight end, which, by the way, are you done playing D-line or are you just a tight end? No, yeah, so I'm done. I'm done playing D-line as of now. So this this week was – last week was my last week practicing and uh, full-time tight end now. So, As you look at Utah State, this is an emotional rivalry game to close out what has been a very entertaining season – are you going to give us any insider's information to uh, the Utah State yeah, matchup this yeah. year? What are you giving us this year, Remington? Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing anything like the time before. <laughs> but, um, um, Do you have no, any breaking I, news on I Chucky Keaton? Like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to even go there. <laughs> how, how, but uh, I think – go ahead. Oh, no, good. you go ahead. You're our guest. No, I was just going to say I think it's, uh, it's almost – I wouldn't compare it. I would compare it to Utah just because of – you know, a lot of local guys playing against each other, and there just seems to be a little extra emotion um, in a game between us two teams. And I, I think that's just because of how close we are in the state. And so there's always a little extra with the game, and it makes it, makes it a lot more exciting. Honestly, I would love if Utah was this week. I, I still think that would be fantastic. It's not. But the, to me, the second best game is Utah State. So what do you guys think of the matchup with Utah State in the final week of the regular season? No, I uh, I actually really love it. I uh, I you know some people might might knock Utah State and say that they've struggled a little bit, but I uh, I think they're a good football team. And going up to their place, it's a tough place to play, and they're going to be ready to play football. And so we're excited, and uh, we're just looking to do whatever we can to get win number nine. We've the last three seasons we haven't been able to reach that number, and it's one we want to get, especially this weekend. Because of what happened last year against Utah State, I know everyone says, oh, it's a different game, different year, but does some of that negative taste and feeling linger from last year when they ended BYU's perfect season and and give you that much more motivation to go up there and want to pay it back? I think it does. I think uh, maybe a little more um, for some people than others, right? I mean, for us that, that live in Utah, we're playing against so many guys that we already know, um, that we've played against our whole lives, and so... I think you want to get back at them a little bit, right? You hear about it the whole year. Um, and it is a game that, that, for some of us, means a lot more than other people. So, When you look at uh, what happened with Tanner Mangum, um, did he go back in the locker room at halftime? Like, what, what's the story there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually really funny. Yeah, he went back in. He, had, he was having the – after he had a kind of a rough slide, he had a – he had something going on with his hamstring. His pay, he took his pants off, his shoulder pads off, and he was sitting in the locker room. <laughs> it was actually really funny. And, uh, and then Coach and I get Coach and I got mad at Bo because Bo couldn't find his helmet because he's, he's calling the plays. So his, so his helmet's back on the bench. So he literally couldn't find a quarterback. He's yelling for Bo. He's yelling for Coy. No one can find their helmet. We can't find Tanner. Man, it was it was actually quite, quite comedy. Oh, the moment went viral on uh, on social media. Deadspin, Sports <laughs> Illustrated, everyone used that clip. Wait, so so Tanner has to emerge from the locker room. No one on the field could quarterback that play. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they could have, but it's just it's hard because McCoy, Bo, and Coy, all of them have 
when they're play calling, they just leave their helmets in the back in one of the bins. Oh, gotcha. And uh, so they all take off running for their helmet and can't find them. I can and hear, so it's yeah, kind I can of just hear like Coach an awkward I. moment, right? Yes, I can hear Coach and I right there. <laughs> Where's your helmet? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that will go. This is game. I mean, just the moments in this game between blocked kicks and your touchdown pass and Tanner Mangum having to come back onto the field. I don't know that there is a better senior day. Is, is it how you wanted it to be scripted out? Oh, yeah. I mean, I there's definitely some frustration. I think how we started as an offense, how I um, started that I was a little upset with. But, man, how it finished and just the emotion of the game, how uh, the plays that happened and and the guys that made plays, it worked. It really was an awesome night and one that I'll uh, never forget. Remington, you have uh, one game left to try and put up your cause for whatever bowl game you go to. Now, the Vegas is double the payout, so a little more prestige with that one, Power 5 opponent. But it's Hawaii, and it's Christmas Eve. Do you have an opinion on which bowl game you want to go to? Because you're oh, playing for sure, out for yeah. that on Saturday. I, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, if I had a choice, I'd go to the Vegas for sure. I, uh, I went back. I was there in 2009. I didn't play, but I was there, and it was—it's still my favorite bowl game I've been to. Um, it'll be against a great opponent, and ultimately, I think that's what we want as a program—is to play the best team in the in the best venue. And so, yeah, I would definitely say Vegas. I don't know if it's going to happen. In fact, I don't think so. But if if it was a possibility, would you want to play Utah in Vegas? Oh man, yeah, I would. I would love that. I uh, like I said. I mean, I, I have no idea how it's going to play out, and the likelihood is probably not that great. But I can't think of a better team to play in a bowl game for my last game. Another hypothetical, since oh, we yes. have a moment. Here we go. If it's in Hawaii, it's against the American. Would you be opposed to playing Memphis again? <laughs> no, not at all. I, uh, you know, it's something that I I felt that we should have won a game last year. We were the better team, and it got away from us. And uh, it's one I would have loved to have back. And so I'd love to have a, another chance with a team like that. BYU, one, once upon a time, defensive end, and now a tight end slash part-time quarterback. Remington Peck is with <laughs> us on BYU Sports Nation. Getting to nine wins, given that BYU has finished 8-5 and five the last three years, you, you already touched briefly on, on getting to that number nine win. But is it hard not to think about maybe 10 if you can beat Utah State and win the bowl game as well? Oh, I think I think it is. I think uh, I think that's a struggle for everyone, right? Is looking maybe too far and and not quite focusing on on the present. But um, like you said, the last three years, eight and five, it really is the next step for the program to kind of get over that get over that hunch, if you would, and uh, and and make strides forward, and then get number nine, and then focus on getting ten. Because uh, man, if you can get a ten win season, that's a successful season any way you look at it. Remington, great to have you with us. I just want you to know there's a graphic on the screen right now that says BYU senior tight end slash defensive lineman slash quarterback. <laughs> hey, I love that. Thanks, guys. You got it, man. Remington Peck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. One shot to make that throw. And, and he, and he nails does it. it. And he's with me. He wants to play Utah and Vegas. Now, I don't think that that's going to play out. We'll talk about that and what goes into that decision uh, a little later in this week. But, uh, yeah, Memphis. There's some intriguing matchups that could happen for BYU. BYU versus Temple, uh, you know, in Hawaii. BYU versus, I don't know, Washington State in Vegas would be compelling with Mike Leach. Even Arizona. They beat Utah. I know. BYU's playing them the next game in 2016. That's true. They're playing Utah the second game in 2016. Bring it on. I I always want to play Utah every game. 
All 12. Up next, we put a ball. <laughs> Actually, we have more stuff coming up. How about that? <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time, women's volleyball goes for an outright West Coast Conference championship against Willie the Wave and the Pepperdine Waves at 9 Eastern time. On BYU TV. Check it out tomorrow night. I just had one of those. You're calling two games tomorrow? Yes. Women's basketball and women's volleyball. Correct. Wow. I just had one of those moments where I was like, man, I'm on live TV and live radio. Mm -hmm. What if I accidentally slipped and said something really stupid? Oh, my goodness. I better not slip and say something really stupid. I was having all of that cognitive thought process during that welcome back. Yeah. That's never stopped you before. Why now? I I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, all firing on all cylinders this morning, man. And while we're... Are we in a car engine? What's going on? While they are still going, we should get to our Twitter question of the day. Bring on the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's win over Fresno State? At Mama MJG says that starting slow again... Didn't hurt us, thankfully, in parentheses. Can't count out that hap can't count on that happening every week. Hashtag start fast. Hashtag beat USU. I don't compartmentalize that as much as most people. I just look and go, fifty two? Sweet. I don't care how fast your car goes. Uh, I in the first part of the race, I just care how fast it, how long it took you to get to the finish line. To me, that, that, well, against Utah State, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the offense is doing fine. I think they could be better. I'm with you. Starting fast would be great. Everyone wants like 20 points a quarter. Score 80. It'll be great. No. You just look at the body of work and you go, was that good? Did BYU turn it on at some point? Yes. At TX Colonel, I want more razzle. The peck pass was exciting. Only thing better would have been Devon Blackman on the other end. True. It's but true. he's not an inside receiver. No one cares. They just want him to get a touchdown. I'm saying catch. it was the inside receiver play, so that's well, why it wasn't Devon Blackman. They should run to the, uh, the to the Y. Should go the slot to the outside. Oh just get the ball to Devon and then play at the Josh Landon. They dominated them. Oh, and Arnold Boy. Sorry, they dominated them. Go Chargers, go! <laughs> <laughs> at BYU forever. They're a really good team when they play to their potential. This team should get to. T- Ten wins. Man, ten wins. Ten would be, be unbelievable. I called really for eight would. before the season. With they're Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. They're they already eight. there. Up next. Now we put a bow on the show. How about that? You thought it was the D block. Firing the- on all cylinders. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football is 8-3 after a 52-10 senior day win against Fresno State. Fres, yes. Bronson Kafusi had a team-high five tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks, and a blocked kick. I can barely spit that out in one sentence. There was so much stuff. BYU at Utah State this Saturday. Men's basketball. Fres, yes. Men's basketball 2-1 after beating Adams State. 97-56. Nick Emery scored a career-high 20 points, six assists, and three steals. Volleyball. 12th-ranked women's volleyball beat San Francisco in three sets, led by Alexa Gray's 19 kills. Cougars clinched a share of the West Coast Conference Championship and the NCAA Tournament berth. They can win the outright title tomorrow night against Pepperdine, 9 Eastern, live on BYU That's TV. That's happening. 
Cross Country. Men and women's cross country finished the season at Nationals Saturday. The men finished 12th, a bit lower than we thought they would. They were ranked number three at one point this season, but still an outstanding campaign. Women finished 24th. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah had a sack and a tackle for loss in an 18-13 Lions win over Ben Bagley's Raiders. Women's basketball. The Cougars lost to Colorado State for the first time in 18 games. Saturday, 61-55. Lexi Eaton-Rydalch had 29 points and 11 rebounds. They try and bounce back against Utah State tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern tip here on BYU TV. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair finished at 7-under at the RSM Classic. That was good for a 33rd place finish. Spencer? Swimming and diving. This course is electric. PYU diver Matt Dankers finished third overall Is that a at the Wildcat Diving Invitational in Tucson, Arizona. Cougars overseas. He does not bring enough club. <laughs> Tyler Haas played 13 minutes, scoring just one point in the workshop's 75-65 win over Estudantes, the students. Who's that? I don't know. The Madrid 7th Ward? I love that we just say the, the workshop now for Tyler Haas. Rio Natura! It's, it, no, it's the workshop. 75-65. I love it. The workshop. Future guests, Blaine Fowler, Gordon Eakin, softball head coach. They released their schedule. They put out the schedule. It's got some really good names on it. Matt Wells, head football coach at Utah State, and John Beck. And Today, Dennis Pitta. Oh, yes, that's right. Dennis Pitta also in the mix. And Dennis. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And that's easy. You got a helmet sticker. He was the man. Bronson Kafusi. Again, his stat line, five tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks, one pass breakup, and a blocked kick. Now, I said earlier, hey, Bronson doesn't have a nickname. Yes, he's had a nickname for three seasons. LeBronson. I just forgot. LeBronson's a great nickname. The Beast. LeBronson the Beast. LeBronson the Beast. Yeah. Our elite tweet of the day from at Cisco Roo. Is that what it is? What he learned. I've been saying Cicero. No, my it's, bad. It's Cisco. Roo. Hey, my bad. Might be. <laughs> Biggest takeaway from the Fresno game. That Tanner Mangum either really had to go to the bathroom or really wanted a cougar tail at halftime. He, hey, I both. Said, both. He had his shoulder pads and his pants off. He was getting treatment, baby. I don't even know where to go from here. I'm out. I'm out. I'm walking away, literally. I'm out. <laughs> the conversation continues later. Audio podcast on iTunes. Shout out to Jared McLean.